0: Good. Before I get started, uh, I just want to flash back to within the first couple weeks that I was here. uh, I can remember that one of the first couple weeks I was here, Joe automatically put me on baptism duty. So I was like, all right, uh, I've been here for maybe a month. Nobody knows who I am, uh, but I guess I'm going to baptize people. Uh, And uh, one of the first couples I baptized was actually Kate and Ian. So that's my first memory of them, uh, and just hearing their story of what they've gone through and how God got a hold of them and changed their lives is incredible. Um, So I just want to vouch for them that I have seen the way that God has gotten them to grow, uh, that Ian has such a gift of teaching. I can remember that we went to this uh, young adult thing, Uh, before Brock was here, it was at Burgers Lake and Josiah, my, my oldest was playing with uh, a bunch of seeds and and different things like that. Next thing I know, I see Ian over there giving him this full lesson about seeds and how they grow and what acorns are for. And it's just, it's this desire and this thing that, that Ian can't hold in. Um, and then (laughs) I I can't, I can't forget that. Uh, and then Kate just has such a beautiful beautiful gift of uh, prophecy and being able to speak into people's lives. So I just want to throw that out there for them. Please go to their table and talk to them. Find out their story, what they're going to share with the world. Because, you know, like they said, God has changed them drastically. So, yeah. Love you guys. Um, second thing I want to say is that so late last night... Uh, Brock and I, we had this plan, and the thing that we wanted to do is like, man, we're tired of these old guys leading the church, right? <laughs> so we're like, we need to do something to get rid of Joe. We need to do something to get rid of Tyler. So uh, what we did last night is that in the middle of the night, we drove over to their house. We boarded up all of their windows and doors, uh, except for Joe's back door, so we can, he can still get out there and pray. We didn't want to stop that. Um, and then we slashed their tires, so there's no way that they could be here this morning. Uh, we wanted our turn, so just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, no, that's not true at all. Uh, please don't fire me for that, either of you. Uh, but I'm happy to be here this morning uh, to, to share the word that God has put on my heart. I've actually been stewing and thinking on this for probably three months, um, and I knew it was for the church and not for the youth. Um, but uh, I just want to start off with this question. Uh, is there anybody in this room that is absolutely horrible with directions? I mean, do I have anybody in here? I mean, come on. There's got to be some people. Raise your hand loud and proud. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. And it, it, gets, it gets to the point where, you know, if you're driving in your car... And your GPS like goes out, you lose signal or something, you're like, I'm lost. Like, you're just done in life, right? Well, I'm one of those people. I have been one of those people for as long as I can remember. And uh, when I first moved down here to, to Dallas, uh, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, for any of you that don't know that, uh, I, I started a valet job. And with the valley company that I worked with, we would do private parties. So they would just randomly send us an address and say, hey, this is where you're working this week. So I had to pull up MapQuest because I'm old, uh, and I had to, to get directions, uh, at least that's what the youth tell me, uh, very consistently. <laughs> but uh, every now and then, as I'm driving, I would miss some sort of turn. I didn't know where I'm going. Uh, So what I would do is I would turn to my pre-Siri-Siri, and that's Tasha. (laughs) Tasha is the complete opposite of me when it comes to directions. She could be in a place for a week and know where she's going, whereas for me, uh, I've been here for almost 12 years. I still get lost sometimes. But uh, so I would literally call her and be like, hey, I'm in downtown Dallas at this intersection and I need to get here. Can you tell me where to go? And she would get me there every time. So <laughs> we make a good team, babe, right? <laughs> but the truth is that uh, we all get lost in life sometimes. We all get uh, lost when we're out there on the road and uh you know, I, I feel like sometimes my GPS thinks I'm really stupid. Anybody ever seen that that Hotel Transylvania movie? I love cartoons, by the way. I might reference a couple. But there's there's one point where they're they're on the road and they're driving, they got their GPS and they miss a turn and, and the thing responds to them, You missed your turn, you idiot. And it's like I feel like that's how my phone is with me all the time. It's just calling me an idiot because I miss my turns, I don't know where I'm going, I, it's like, it has to reroute so many times, but uh, the reason I bring this up is because the, my message today is called Course Correction, uh, and for any of you that, that know, we do, uh, Gino puts together this, this handy-dandy little uh, guide here, uh, he works very hard on it, so he put one together for me this week, Um, and I want you guys to to go ahead and pick one up and you can follow along with us or take it home so you can remember what today was about. Um, but this message is not going to be probably in the direction that you would expect. Uh, not maybe in, uh. Let's just say when I started out, it's going to be going in one direction, but I'm going to completely switch it. So stay with me because the first part might be a little brutal. So I apologize for that, but I feel that it's a truth that's needed. So over the last eight weeks, uh, we as a church have been going through a series called 2020 in 2020, right? And uh, we've heard a lot of crazy things that our country is going through, the world is going through. And it's very difficult, right? I think many of us could say that if we would bring up any of these topics and, and talk about them, it's hard for us. So this message today is not directly connected, but what I am calling it is the epilogue uh, to this series. So as we've gone through that series, one thing I just want to say is we as Christians, are watching the moral fall of our country. I think that we can all see that. I think as we, as we think about those topics such as abortion, uh, racism, um, the political correctness coming across as, as a censor, censorship to, to us Christians, as well as the other topics that we've talked about over the last eight weeks, I think as we begin to to think about them and go back and, and and see where everything has fallen to it can be a little bit overwhelming for each and every one of us right is anybody there with me uh, agree with that you know hearing some of those statistics and, and different things like that when it comes to you know abortions and thinking of what's happening to all of the these children and and you know where our country has gone with the sexuality aspect i mean so much of it is just it's very heavy and, and weighted for any christian that's truly cares about those things and as we're watching the fall the moral fall of our, of our country i want to tell you guys that i don't necessarily blame the people that are out there that are turning away from god i blame us I blame us as Christians for where our country is. I want you guys to to think about this very, very clearly. The view that others get of God is Christians. Let that sink in your mind. Let's take that one step further. Sometimes you, me, me, are the only Christian that anybody will ever interact with. And that means that their perception of God is you and me. That kind of hits a little bit hard, doesn't it? As, as I'm like typing up my notes and, and putting that in there, I'm like, Ugh. it kind of gives you that little, like, little heartburn feeling when you think about, man, how many times in life Have I misdirected somebody or have I done something that pushed somebody further away from God because of things that I couldn't keep in because of my emotions, because of my attitude, or just because of something stupid that I've done? Other reasons that, you know, I blame Christians for the fall of where our country is, one that in times where we should have stood up and we should have talked, we stayed silent and watched as the country began to get to where it was. The other part is that uh, we as Christians have misrepresented God in a lot of ways. And one of the biggest ways that we've misrepresented God is the fact that we as Christians, and we all know a lot of Christians that have been hypocrites. We see a lot of Christians that, that are placing. place, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not innocent to this, there's been many times where I'll, I'll say one thing and then I go and I do another. And I'm just like, man, why did I do that? I literally just talked about that. But yet we have those moments. And you know, if I was somebody that that never knew Christ, that grew up outside of the church, and they saw and I saw a Christian react that way, it's like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to pretend that I'm one way. And then be something else. I'd rather just be who I am. Be open with it. But we as Christians have misrepresented God in a lot of ways. That the way that we have shown that we're fake, it gives a perception that God is fake, right? The other way that, that we have strongly misrepresented God over a long period of time is that we have shown a God that is extremely judgmental and extremely hateful. I think we've seen all of those different protests and different things that have happened down on the streets when there are certain groups that are expressing themselves and how Christians have reacted to it. You guys know what I'm saying, right? We literally have told people groups that God hates them because of their sins. Not to mention the fact that often when people sin, we often will judge their sins harsher than our own. Why would anybody want to come to a God that's like that? Why would anybody have a desire that never knew God to come to a place where they're like, man, I want to go to that God that hates me. I want to go to that God that judges every little small thing that I do. I wouldn't want that. And I think the way, you know, we all see the way that, that Christians are portrayed in movies and, and TV shows, and, and honestly, it makes us mad, right? But they got that perspective from somewhere. And that's the way that the world sees us Christians and the way that, uh, that the way that they portray us. It doesn't just portray us. It portrays God. And that in big part, like I said, I blame us as Christians for the way that people perceive him. So going in that way, I'm not surprised that our country is the way that it is. kind of takes a little blow to all of us when, when we think about that. Because it's very easy to, to shift the blame to other people. And I'm not saying that every person out there has had that perspective. There are people out in this world that uh, have hated God just because. Because of an experience that they've had in life, because of something that's happened to them. But I'm just saying we haven't done anything to help them, to guide them back. But what I want you guys to understand is I may say that the blame is on us, but I also want you to understand I feel the way that we misrepresent God is because we often don't understand our own relationship with him. And the reason that we don't understand our own relationship with him is because we often try to connect our relationship with God to the way that we receive human relationship. You guys understand what I'm trying to say there? We perceive God and the way that he acts towards us, the way that he is towards us, because of the human relationships that we have, it often skews the way that we can receive God. Has anybody in here ever had a a point in time where somebody in life has said that they have forgiven you? But haven't forgiven you? That any chance that they get, you know, they bring it up. Like, hey, you remember that one time when you did this? Yes. For the eighth billion time, I remember. I'm sorry. So infuriating, isn't it? Or the fact that they just, maybe they say that they've forgiven you, and it's not that they consistently bring it up, but the fact that they literally act different towards you every time that they see you, and the relationship is just never the same. This is the way that we as humans uh, usually see how God forgives us, Right? That when we mess up or we do something, maybe we can't perceive or understand God's forgiveness for us because of the way that we have been treated or maybe it's the way that you haven't forgiven somebody else. Because if you don't understand how to forgive, how can you understand what it means for God to forgive you? And if people have misrepresented what forgiveness is throughout your entire life, how are you going to understand and how are you going to be able to receive the way that God forgives you? Maybe it's not just the fact that we don't understand God's forgiveness. Let's take it a step further and get into the direction where I actually want to go with this message. We don't just not understand his forgiveness, but we also don't understand God's love for us. When I talk about God's love, it's something that is incredible. But I think the the reason that we have a hard time understanding and accepting his love is because the human interactions that we've had with love are going to affect the way that you understand and perceive love in your life. The way that our parents have loved us or didn't love us. The way that we've had uh, friends in our lives that are friends that when we begin to talk to them and share things with them and then all of a sudden everybody knows about it. Or the fact that we we learn that we can't trust people because when we we talk to them, things start to to go a little crazy, right? Or at at the first moment where we are unuseful to them, then they disappear, they ghost us, right? Even our siblings, the people around us, and the way that we uh, receive love from them is going to affect the way that you see God, spouses. The way that spouses have... Or boyfriends or girlfriends have treated us the way that we we've loved them and the way that they've loved us back and the way that that those relationships have gone have a great effect on us. You know, some of you may have heard my my testimony. I'll, I'll share just a very tiny bit. Uh, as I was growing up, uh, divorce was something that ran very rampant through my family. Um, My parents have been divorced. Both my sets of my grandparents have been divorced. Um, And it's just been everywhere throughout. And, you know, during this time, uh, I was also dating uh, this girl that I thought I was going to marry. We dated for over two and a half years. And, you know, I really thought that, you know, that was what God had for me. Obviously not, because I have a beautiful wife in the back here. Uh, But... Literally two weeks after her and I broke up, she moved on. I'm just like, okay. You know, we took a two week break, and I decided that, you know, that's what I wanted for my life. She's like, no, I want something else. And obviously now I know that it was God protecting me. But between the way that I saw my family and the way that she was able to move on quickly two weeks, affected the way that I perceived love, the way that I saw love. I even got to a point where I thought that love was not real. Love does not exist. And ultimately, it affected the way that I would talk to Tasha when we first got together. You know how the first time I told her I love her was? I think I love you. That was the first time I ever said it. Because I didn't want to say it. Because I didn't know if I believed it or not. I mean, I knew I, I cared deeply for her. Um, but I didn't know if that was what love was. And through a long time of of healing and, and finding real love, it opened up my eyes to see what the love of God in my life was. And it literally changed the relationship I had with him. And that's what my desire is for everybody in this room, everybody that's watching online, is that you are able to understand God's love in a new way that you never experienced before and allow it to completely change your life and your relationship with him and see it in a new way. But the first thing I need you to understand is you cannot base that relationship or that love that God has for you off of the human relationships. Because at some point in time, that love does fail. It doesn't always feel like love, even if it is. God's love is different. Than we have ever experienced in life. So what I want to do. And this is going to be the meat of the message. Uh, I have about 15 minutes. So I'm going to get through this. I promise. But if today. If you leave and don't understand. Or have a greater respect of God's love. Then I have failed up here today. So how many of you have ever watched uh, Hallmark Christmas movies, anybody? Uh, my wife loves them. I watch them with her. Um, you know, they are like literally every uh, other romantic movie, except the, the like the the big budget ones are often like the dairy free, and then the Hallmark ones are just full of cheese. You know, <laughs> but basically the way that. <laughs> Basically, the way that uh, the movie goes is somebody's life is absolutely miserable, right? They have a miserable existence. They meet this person. Typically, they're already in a relationship with somebody else that's making their life miserable. And then somehow they figure out, I don't know how it took them that long to figure it out, that that person is a bad person and that this good person that, that's loved them, that had a crummy life, is, is the perfect, perfect person for them, and they, they come together. And they live happily ever after. Sorry if you've never watched a Hallmark movie. I've just ruined all of them for you. (laughs) But, you know, the way that the world shows love is a lot different than the way that love really is. Can you guys agree with me on that? And the way that, that that I say that is God's love is a rebellious love. So there's going to be a list that's going to be up here on the screen that's going to give different aspects of God's love. And I want to start with the aspect that it is a rebellious love. And what I mean by that is the way that we as Christians or as people are told what love is. God's love is very different than what they portray on movies and different things like that. It's not that way. God's love is different, like I said, than we will ever experience. It does not fit inside the box of our own understanding, which I'm getting into my next, my next thing right now, is that uh, it does not fit into our understanding. God's love is not understandable. So, uh, as a kid, uh, one thing that I would always do to make my brain hurt, right, is I would think back. To before creation ever started, right? When there was just God. There was no world. There was no universe. There was no heaven. There was nothing except for God. Okay, track with me because it might make your brain hurt. Okay. Back then, if God never existed, then there would n- everything would just be like a blank piece of paper, right? Except for the fact that paper never existed. The color white never existed. Clear never existed. The word nothing and the idea of nothing didn't even exist. Did that make your brain hurt? It still makes mine hurt. I don't know if I can keep going now. But the truth is... Why I'm going with that is there are things about God that we will never be able to understand. The fact that there is a God that is all-infinite, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at one time, that lives outside of time itself. Can you get your mind on that one? That we just don't understand that. And God's love and the way that he feels about us is one of those things. So I just want to read this verse in Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Lean on God and try to get to know him and get to know what his love is for you. Because if you try to understand it through a human relationship, it's not going to happen. You have to go right to the source to be able to start to understand it. God's love is sacrificial. I think that's one that we all as Christians know already. That the love of God is a sacrificial love. I don't think that there's a lot of people in our lives that would be willing to die for us even if they never met us in person, right? There's not a lot of people in our lives that we would know that would just die for us to save our lives. You know, I, I love the story uh, in the garden, and I, I just want you guys to see how sacrificial Jesus's love for us was, and the scripture's not going to be up there, but when, they were in, when he was in the garden praying, and, and, and the Roman guards came up to him, and they were getting ready to arrest him, and they were like, are you, are you the guy, basically? Do you guys know what happened after this point? He said, I am. And then his words in itself were so powerful that it knocked them all to the ground. Do you know what this is showing at this point? There is no way that those Roman guards are going to be able to take Jesus unless he allows it to happen. Because if his words are powerful enough to knock these guys to the ground, there's no way that they're going to be able to touch him unless he's like, yeah, go ahead. That shows the power of Christ, but it also shows his willingness to go to the cross. Let's back that up with this verse in John chapter 10, verse 17. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. All right, get this. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus chose and willingly sacrificed for you. That's love. And we think about the depth of everything that he did before even going to the cross. Wow. You know, this is probably, then my next point is probably one of the biggest ones that, uh, you know, the world tells us what love is. Has anybody ever, like, heard that expression, you know, love is a feeling? Anybody ever heard that? Anybody believe that? Because if you believe it, I'm about to say you're wrong. (laughs) Love is not... feeling love is a choice right we choose to to love people and and i want you to, to to see this that it is not love god's love is not a feeling it's there in the rough times too god chooses to love us despite all of our failures despite all of the things that we do he still continues to choose to love us Romans uh, chapter five, verse uh, six through eight. It says, "For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps a good person. Uh, a good person one would even die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were all, or while we were still sinners, Christ died for us." Do you guys get that? While we were still sinners, let's take that a little bit further. While we were literally in the worst possible place of our lives, where we would probably perceive that there is nobody that can love us because of where we are, it says that God not only loved us at that point, but he also chose to die for us at that point. That is a choice, right? Because a lot of times in our lives, there are people that get to a place where they say that they love us, but then when we do something absolutely awful, they leave us. They bail. That's not the way that God's love is. God's love is a relentless love. It's relentless. So, Many of you know that uh, I have uh, a nine-month-old, and I've learned a lot uh, from my nine-month-old. And I have truly learned what the idea of relentless is (laughs) when it comes to a nine-month-old. And ever since he started moving, he's had a fascination with wires, right? (laughs) Right? And when he sees a wire, he will go after it. You pick him up. You put him on the furthest side of the room. The next thing you know, he teleported back over there. You didn't even see it happen. <laughs> and no matter how many times you do it, unless you hide it, duct tape it, do something to, to make sure it's not visible, he will go back for it. You're just like, okay, I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. I feel bad for Tasha. She has to deal with it a little bit more than I do because I get to escape and come to work. She doesn't. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I want to tell you, I know that you guys, I know he's here, but uh, you guys haven't seen Solomon for a long time. So I actually recorded a video of him going after a wire. So I want you guys to, to see this really quick. He's changed quite a bit since you've seen him. See, you guys all thought that I actually recorded my son biting a wire, didn't you? What kind of a dad do you think I am? <laughs> but really, I, I do have a picture of both my boys. I want—I want to throw up here. So that's my oldest, Josiah. I don't know why the coloring is really weird like that. Um, and then there's Solomon. You know, they always say if you want to catch somebody's attention, you should use pictures of babies. So I figured by now if I put it at, towards the end of the message and I put a picture of a baby, I would have just brought you all back in, okay? <laughs> but those are my two boys, and, you know, they really have taught me a new aspect of love in a lot of different ways. And, you know, it's just another step in me understanding God's love even further. So I want to read this, this scripture in Romans, chap, uh, yeah, Romans chapter uh, sorry 8, verse 38 and through 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. That sounds relentless to me. There ain't nothing getting in the way of God's love for you. And I often think of that that character from X Men, the juggernaut, you know, when he starts running, literally nothing can stop him. He just plows through everything. That's the way that I perceive God's love coming after me when I read this verse. He's like, oh, there's a wall, (laughs) it's down. Oh, there's a person, (laughs) it's down. That's just the way that I, that I perceive God's relentless love for us. Let's take it a step further. God's love is unconditional. So we just read that verse in saying that there is nothing that's going to get in the way of his love for us. But I want you guys to, to hear this. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. That doesn't say just one sin. That doesn't mean just one wrong thing that you've done. It's a multitude of things. So in that aspect where in life maybe we've done a lot of things wrong and we've pushed a lot of people out of our lives, we can never push God out of our lives because of the wrong things that we've done. He will continue to come after us and continue to love us despite all of those things. Relentless and unconditional. That is a love that we typically will not experience in life without God. I know some of you are saying we're very happily married. And yes, I, I understand that. But there are problems when it comes into to marriage and relationship and you guys get at each other every now and then. And, you know, sometimes maybe words slip out and it seems unconditional, but, uh, you know, we continue to choose to love each other, right? Just two more things that God's love is and then I'm going to close out. God's love is forgiving. you know we talked about earlier not being able to understand forgiveness because of the way that it has been given to us throughout life. but I want you guys to hear this, and you know this is the point in where God is talking to uh, his people the the Hebrews, and uh, he's talking about the transition from the the old law into the new law, and I want you to hear. What he's saying to his people, because back then it was the fact that they had to cover up their sins through the sacrifice and different things like that. But after Jesus Christ, this is what that forgiveness has turned into. Hebrews chapter eight, uh, starting in the second half of 11, it says, if they shall all know from me from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. How does that make you feel? That should make you feel good. Because what we talked about earlier is that people will often bring those things back up in our lives. And this is saying that when we know Jesus Christ as our personal savior and we've accepted him into our lives, that he is going to be merciful. To us, and that He is going to remember our sins no more. Wow. That's a powerful forgiveness, right? And my last thing for what God's love is it, it doesn't end, it's everlasting. He says this to Jeremiah in chapter 31 I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. This is a term that we literally can't comprehend again, is everlasting. I want you to know how far God's love goes back for you and how far it's going to go for you, right? God loved you before your parents ever even thought or conceived you. That love was there for you. That love was there as he knit you together and put you together in your mother's wombs. Before you ever took your first breath of life, God loved you. And God is going to continue to love you to your death. And then if you know him into all of eternity, that's everlasting love. From before we began to way beyond the point of death, that is a love that we should all crave we look at that, that list, and I, I can just say, wow. I can't believe that somebody would love me that much. And this doesn't even crack the surface about the way that God feels and loves you. And this is my, my closing thoughts. When we experience real love, we experience God. I think that we can all think back to that, that first moment where we either had our first love or the first time that we realized that we loved our, our spouse or that we, we had that boyfriend and girlfriend that, that we loved so desperately. I think we can all remember and hold on to that feeling, right? Just how good it feels and how warm it makes you feel inside and knowing often that your life is, is changed from that point And I, I, oh, I've always loved this verse. This is my, my closing verse. Uh, worship team, you can go ahead and come up here. God shares himself with us when we feel love. You know, I feel that when we experience that, that real love in life, that we are literally getting an experience with God. Because in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves us has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because what? God is love. So when we have that experience of love in our life, I feel that is God sharing Himself with us. Isn't that such a beautiful thought? So what I want you to take away from today is that you may have experienced God's love through the lens of your human relationships, but I want you to get to know God personally deeper than you have before. By knowing and hearing these things, this should drive us all to want to have a stronger relationship with God and see the way that he loves us and in return give that same love back to him. So get into your words Find find it, it important to, to let God speak to you through his word. Spend time in prayer talking to him because there's no relationship that's going to be able to work if you never talk to somebody. And I've asked Tanya to, to play this song. Um, you know, some of you may know the original artist, which I'm not going to say who it is, but I want you to hear it through the first time that I've heard it. Uh, which was actually in uh, an outreach down in New Orleans where the character uh, of Jesus or the guy that played Jesus sang this song. And it's such a powerful song if you just listen to the lyrics. So take some time to just close your eyes and, you know, really listen to this song. And it is the way that Jesus feels about you.